Or the that. Yeah. So, in other words, our value system in selfing is time. Yeah. Yeah. So the value, there's more value in the future than now, and there's more value in the past than now, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So now is just about how to get more value. Uh Yeah. Or to how to bemoan the less value, in a way. Uh So the couch idea is just like I said. It's just a simple example. You can place the, replace the couch with anything, a yeah. car, health, whatever. And so there's the guy sitting in his room, like right now, and he's looking, he feels fine, everything's going pretty well, and he's looking at the plants in the room and everything, and then suddenly there's, you know, he has a magazine on the coffee table, he opens it up, and he sees this full page layout of a ad for a beautiful couch. Yeah. So, he reads it, and that seeing the couch, which is a conscious contact, triggers the, the head, and the head starts thinking, hey, do I have a couch? And he looks around the room, and there's no couch in his little one-bedroom apartment, and then suddenly the one-bedroom apartment is making him unhappy because it's couchless. And then he starts thinking about all these beautiful places he's visited that's had such nice couches and everything. And I was really comfortable when I was sitting in that couch over at What's-His-Name's house. And then he even goes off and starts saying, you know, maybe I'll meet a girl and bring her home here and then we'll conceive a, a, a child on that couch and I'll get married to her. And our whole relationship, which is going to be obviously great, will have started from that couch. So the couch starts having a profound significance to to the to the person, yeah. So he goes and he starts resenting the people that didn't, who didn't tell him who had couches, how great it was, and you know why they kept that information to themselves. And so he starts thinking, all right, I got to start working hard to get that couch. And in a way, he he doesn't. Maybe he's not aware of it that the mind is actually invalidating the moment he's in with valuing this future moment and that future moment becomes like an arrival date when i get that and all these possibilities that aren't happening right now but will be happening right then because they'll be triggered by that couch yeah the Mm -hmm. couch is going to bring this about so he works hard and he saves up enough money and uh he buys the couch Call some people about a couch, you know, reception, and no, you know, one really shows calls back, you know. And, <laughs> and he's wondering why there's so much lack of interest about the couch, except in him, you know. So he waits. The truck comes, and the, the, the they bring in, and he made a nice space for it, and he swept a lot of things away, and he puts the couch. They put the couch in, and he tips them, and he tells them how happy he is to have the couch, and then they leave, you know. Yeah. And he sits down on it, and it's a nice couch, and he feels comfortable, and then uh, <clears throat> he's looking around his place, and he realizes, jeez, i got to get some lamps to match the couch, and on and on it goes, you know? yeah. the, that mythical there, which in a sense the mind was using to invalidate the here, now it becomes a here, which it inevitably does, because every there mm-hmm. is just a mental idea that when it appears is going to appear here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now so the here. here is an inescapable condition, or let's say if you want to call it a place, uh-huh. it's inescapable. That's I like that book with the wisdom of no escape. But yeah. to me, the wisdom of no escape is realize there's nothing to escape from. That's because you, there's no escape from the moment. 
Yeah? yeah. You can't be out of a moment. No matter how much you think you are out of the moment, you're actually not out of the moment. I would say what I am and the moment is are the same. Same, you know. So, <clears throat> this whole idea of, you know, putting things off with the expectation that something in the future is going to deliver what you're not accessing now, I think is a, is a, a failed formula here mm-hmm. in conditional mind that what occurs is when it fails us, we tend not to look at the failure of it, but we just switch the object, you know, from yeah. couch to girl, from yeah. money to this to that. And But the same formulation applies. And I find the formula really is the mind's act of denying the moment so that it can be in its moment, which is a made-up moment in the head, yeah, <laughs> which is full of past and future, there and then. So you're never going to be alone in the moment. You've got these concepts of past and future that are going to be participating in what you call the moment. And there's no escape in the mental moment from the past or future. Because that's the mental moment. The here is just chock full of there and then, up there. But the, the here now, that's the one that's brought to us by conscious contact, is much cleaner in a sense. It's not bookended with time. And basically... This is all there is. <laughs> it sort of makes sense to sort of hold it that way because it's all there is. It's not like you're doing anything to make it all there is. It is all there is at this moment. So, you know, it's not like you're getting shortchanged. <laughs> this is all there is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like spiritual seeking, the same thing here and then, right? I mean, yeah, sure. Well, be. there's nothing wrong with spiritual seeking, no. but the idea of the seeker, once the seeker is in there, then the format the seeker uh, represents is now uh, the the dominant format of the seeking. Yeah? Right. So, say I want to go on a retreat, and I think that you know I did a week, right? And then next next time, I think really think I should do thirty days, you know? Because yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. Because more is better. Right, right. Well, right. so that's a, another part of the old format. You know, more is better. Yeah. It's like when, you, let's say my car breaks down and I'm pulled over to the side of the street. So uh, I look up, I look at it, it's not turning over, you know. Yeah. It died. So I take the air filter off, and uh, probably they don't have air filters now, but <laughs> my cars <laughs> usually do because they're old. But I take the air filter off, and they actually do have a carburetor. Right. And so I... I uh, you spray some a, gas in there. Yeah, right? get a gas can, and I drop a little couple of drops of gas in it, and then try try it. My friend tries it, or I try it, and it catches, yeah? Yeah. You don't stand there and keep pouring gas in there, yeah? Yeah. I mean, if you pour too much gas in there, it will flood. Yeah. So that's the thing, in a sense, for me. A lot of times, it, it's like, I like... Uh, I like what things can do here. They can be catalysts to incite the mind to start entertaining. And then, uh, and they can, uh, provide a, a, a space for that entertaining to be, uh, reinforced and valued, let's say. But there's a point that if you overdo it with the, with the practicing, I would say, and that, and don't allow the mind to stretch out in, in its new, let's say, format, I think uh, the solution becomes another way of uh, verifying or living the problem. So, yeah. 
You know? It's like formal practice, and then there's like form. I mean, even in business or anything, like I'm going to this job interview, and it's like there's the formal study of like project management and management consulting, and then there's like the dog shit reality of really what goes on, and yeah. it's pretty different. Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I mean, you could say, well, we use these kinds of approaches, or you know, breathe the breath, or use these things, but then when you're in your day to day, or use Maitri or Tonglen or whatever practice it is, I'm in my day to day. It's like I'm still having seventy thousand thoughts, and I'm making from the formal to the sort of practical merging that is always well there's one there's one constant in the formal and the practical and that's you Hmm. yeah that's what i would rely on is what see if what you represents is different than the mental representation of it then that's what's reliable the mental representation is unreliable that's what's driving so much seeking because it's not uh, delivering the goods in a way people don't in a sense don't feel satisfied and stuff, so they're constantly being uh, irritated or uh, driven to look and seek. Yeah, but in all of the seeking and the non-seeking, there's still you in it. So yeah. I would say you're the you're what needs to be the point of reliability. And I say that's just the difference between that is identification. If I am if I'm identified as a self, which is like the uh, the center of a system called self-centeredness that in recovery we say it's a failed system, then that self is going to show the effects of what it's relying on, that that mind. Now, if the mind can be broken from the slavery of self, then maybe if you want to say mind relying on mind, then it will also show those effects because this place is a place of expression and manifestation. So, mind is manifesting here. Uh You You can see what's happening by the manifestation yeah Uh so if there's a lot of anxiety then there must be a huge belief in time Uh and if there's a huge belief in time there's definitely someone who feels that Uh that's Uh self-centeredness that's it's different than the other modality there's it's still centered but it's not on self yeah that center is always available at all times Uh right wherever you seem to be and it's a different uh System, it doesn't have self as its center, and it doesn't have time as the as the main value. Yeah, there was a guy at the meeting last night. I shared James, and he was talking about. He described self centeredness in his disease. He said, "I feel like I'm being crushed." He's like, "I felt like I was being crushed by self centeredness." Yeah, and, yeah, and contracted. He, yeah, yeah, he said it, it went into the small hole, and he was just being like pressure of it. Yeah, and, it contracts. Obviously, yeah. it's like that's the feeling of like the mental lens. Oh, right. uh, being being ratcheted down to a very small aperture, yeah, which is very confining and claustrophobic. When a wide lens has a lot of more, <coughs> more ease and comfort, yeah, yeah. So self-centeredness, tunnel visions, because you yeah. get into this wind tunnel of time, where things are put off and things are attained and things are achieved, but they're not made available now. Usually, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole system here is doing and having. Yeah. So that's like, do do and have yourself into being, which is a weird formula when, you know, being is already being. Yeah? Uh-huh. You can't do and have yourself into something that's complete. Yeah? Why not start from something that's complete, and then doing having would be more of an expression, not a, a, a tool to achieve or yeah. acquire. Yeah, yeah it would be about an expression of where you're at. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, can we move on then to yeah. another one? I like what you did here. It's really good, and that just flows into other things. And I can see how this will be like it'll be great because it's already a lot to work with. And then I'll dovetail it into the other yeah. stuff. Do you want to talk about? Um, let's see. There's playing God, sheep or lion. We talked about. Let's see. The pooper scooper. Pooper scooper. The dog. Yes. The the pooper scooper is an example. Comes out of recovery. Yeah. And uh, I used to lead workshops in recovery, fourth step workshop, which is an inventory process, which is sort of like a form of self inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And it's like uh, the last thing you would have ever thought of was when you were drinking and using to go home and write about your day right. <laughs> or, or take an inventory. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a certain one of the top options of your self centered system. It would be like choose. he ripped me off and I gotta get him, right? Yeah. <laughs> you would be talking a lot to someone else maybe, but never writing about it usually. <laughs> so uh it comes out of a section of a book, the big book of uh, recovery. It comes out of a chapter called How It Works. And mm-hmm. it's it's describing uh, the dilemma, mm-hmm. the solution, and then how the solution actualizes, not through thought, but through action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the solution is to rely on something greater than self. The problem, obviously, is reliance on self. And I find, I took it a little farther than that. I believe it's identification as self. Because it, uh, I'll, so this is how it goes. This is just one <laughs> sentence in it. It says, being convinced, you know, which means to believe with certainty. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Yeah, so that's the statement. All right. So being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So if you just read that sentence, he separates the two, self and us. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, so uh, it's sort of like the idea of being bondaged. Please relieve us of the bondage of self. When there's so there's self, sort of like a post uh-huh. in a way, and then there's bondage. But when there's bondage to something, there's usually someone who's bonded to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be just bondage to something, but I, you know, because bonding, you know, a bonding thing is like an agent that puts one thing right. with another thing. So, like if you have two pieces of wood that are separate, you'd put a glue on them to bond them to make them appear to be one. So for me. The, uh, and if you ask people who have uh, a little bit of recovery, if you ask them uh, what self has defeated you, they'd all have the same answer. It would be my self. Right. So, to me, the my is the act of claiming or the act of identification, yeah, as yeah. the owner or the proprietor or the haver. The bonding yeah. agent. That's the basic. That's what's. That's the basic agent. Yeah. But the the the. The reapplication of it is obsession with self. Got it. Yeah. So the identification as self, for that to stay in place, there needs to be an obsession with self. So that's what the mind does. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the bonding agent to me is the identification. That's what, even through a lot of investigation, right. sometimes goes unnoticed. Yeah. Uh-huh. The identification uh, self. This is where the dog comes in. The obsession with yeah. self can be noticed because it's driving supposedly you crazy. Right. I'm saying the you that is driving crazy is, is really the root of the problem, the identification of self. Yeah? So actually, see, the you, that obsession is the application. That's the glue to, to reinforce the bondage. So in a way, 
the mind is getting exactly what it's want what it wants, but the story that it's you thinks it's getting attacked and it's driving being driven crazy. But that's part that's and not parcel. The problem. That's no. part of the problem. Well, that's, that's the, not the solution. That's the that's the expression of the problem. I don't yeah, see yeah, mind as having any problem with that identification itself. Right. Yeah. It's it's not. I mean, that's what it's that's what it's doing. The story is the expression of the problem. It yeah. wants to identify itself. The story, the character that that takes hold or, or appears, which it all can only that's the ultimate level it can arrive at is appearance. It doesn't yeah. exist, yeah. So that that what is appearing to be you thinks the the reinforcement of you sucks. It's driving <laughs> it's cra- it's driving it crazy. But there wouldn't be any you unless it was reinforced all day. Yeah. So so you know uh-huh. so. Uh, so it says, all right, being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us, we will now look at its common manifestations. And, you know, manifestation means an appearance, whatever. Mm-hmm. And common, so in recovery, the inventory process, we look at some of the grosser uh, expressions or manifestations of self-centeredness in our life. So the first one is resentment, and then fear, and then harming other people in the pursuit of what we want, and we look at our sexual behavior, because there's a pretty good field for evidence, if you look there, Uh because sex is given a lot of meaning by the head. So, all right, so this case, so that's that's the (laughs) statement. So here we go with the story. So there's a guy who has a really nice house. His great yard, nice porch, really beautiful view, tree-lined pine trees around it, and he does a lot of his life is based on that lawn. You know, he plays lawn bowling and has picnics, and he has little events there and book signings and everything. And it's he has a really full social life around that beautiful space he has. So one day, and he runs around it every morning with no shoes on in the in the morning dew. He really likes that. And he does like snow angels in it, whatever. You know, he's into this lawn. So one day, he jumps off his porch to run around it and uh, steps in some shit. And so uh, immediately, his mind has to sort of uh, tolerate something and didn't tolerate before, which is he jumps on the porch, puts on a pair of shoes. Mm. And then he starts walking around and he keeps stepping in more shit. So he's a little perplexed and it starts to smell and he's, and he had, so he goes in the house, closes the door and he does what most people do. He tries to ignore it into, you know, like, I'm just going to forget about it for an hour or two. But then he goes back out and he walks around and he's very, he's very walking around quite gingerly and he keeps seeing shit and it's smelling more, more. So he calls up and he has to call up all these people. No, we're canceling the lawn bowling event and, no picnics this week and forget the book signing and so uh he just pulls down the the shade and he just the next morning goes back out and there's more shit so now he just gives up hope so he he just closes the shades and he he goes out and buys some pictures of nice lawns and he puts them up and he sits and reminisces what it was like to have his lawn and every time he goes out on the porch you can smell it he says jesus christ so some people hear that he has a problem and they go over to his house and they go, hey, uh, we heard you got a problem. He goes, yeah, yeah. I got my whole lawn's full of shit. I can't seem to get, can't keep it cleaning up. And he said, well, listen, there's these new poopa scoopers out that are pretty good. So why don't you buy one? So I bu- so he buys one and he gets out there and he's picking up the, the shit and 
he's pretty good, but it seems to be a daunting, you know, a, he's a losing endeavor because every time he walks away, there's more shit to be found. So he buys two poopers. He gets another pooper scooper, and he gets really good. He can do two at, you know, two at once, and he's so proficient at it that every once in a while he gets maybe three by seven feet of lawn free from the shit, and he can just stand there and. <laughs> And then other people, he gets starts getting called by people who have the same problem and getting emails and it, and he's commiserating with them. He says, "Well, listen, here's a video, man. I'll show you how to do with two hands these pooper scoopers." And then he gets pretty good, and people start calling him, and he starts having autographed models of pooper scoopers and selling them. And he goes on the circuit, starts speaking to other people with the same dilemma. And he's getting famous, you know, he's writing little books on it, and, you know, how I overcame temporarily my problem on my, <laughs> with my lawn. The temporarily was, you know, small letters, but it's a <laughs> profound big thing. So, uh, one day a guy comes in and says, comes to him and says, hey, I heard you have a problem. He goes, no, I don't have a problem. What do you, what about the shit? Oh no, that's handled, man. And, uh, I'm really good. I'm like a well-known pooper scooper advocate. I go speak. I've written books, you know? Fuck, I don't have a problem. And he says, alright, well, if you don't see you have a problem, he says, well, as he's walking out there, I say, hey, why don't you just find the dog? Right? So wait a minute. This is like a revelatory invitation. He never thought of that. It enters his mind and, uh, Jesus, if, if you, so the guy stops before he leaves and says, well, if you found the dog and got rid of the dog, there'd go the shit, you know? <laughs> Shit's coming from the dog. Get rid of the dog, there won't be any shit. What about my pooper? You can put them down, yeah? But I have this speaking engagement. Well, you can maybe go there and tell the truth, you know? <laughs> Who knows? It may ruin your career, but you may be happier for it, whatever. <laughs> so, but the dilemma arises, really, is that, the dog is taken to be us. Yeah. So we can't entertain truly getting rid of the shit because we can't entertain getting rid of the mm. dog because we take the dog to be ourselves. So we're therapizing it, trying to teach it not to shit as much. We're learning better ways to clean up after it. Yes? Yeah. We're, we're finding ways to ensure no one founds, finds out about us being big shitters. All this and all that, but the, there's a much easier solution. If you're not that, you, you can get rid of it. So that's what happened with me in, in recovery. When I entertained that I wasn't what was driving me crazy, I could I could entertain being free of it. Not therapizing it, not trying to, you know, debate it or win it over or tithe to it, but just, hey, walk away and not look back. So it's not so much people don't, you know, may not be able to hear about the root of the problem, but there's a sort of um, confusion there because you and I may be taking ourselves to be the problem. And in recovery we say self can't get out of self. Uh-huh. So self, if if that if the, the identification of self is is like the dominant running format, uh-huh. that that self is never going to get out of self that it's complaining about, uh-huh. because it's part and parcel of the same thing it's complaining about. Yeah. So that for me is like the the uh, radical solution. Radical to me means it doesn't have much time invested in it. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, a timeless solution. So that, that to me is a sense of radical. It's not like extreme or, or extroverted or crazy. It's radical because it doesn't take any time, in a sense.
yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. This is good. I gotta get ready for the interview in about five minutes. So. All right. Well, what's those two are good. That was solid. Yeah, real solid. Right. I like because see what I'll do. I think what I'll do is I'll write it up as the story first. Yeah. Because from a writing perspective, people will get kind of into the story and then pull out the. Yeah, underlying do it, do it yeah. bro we'll just do this as much as you like yeah we got i think we got a good 13 on the way because it's like we did too 